You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. When it comes to trail associations, fundraising is probably one of the most important aspects, if not the most important aspect. But not all revenue is the same. For example, events can be a great revenue source, but they have cost. And if those costs aren't financial, then there's certainly a time cost to them. Someone needs to plan, announce, set up, run, and the one that's often forgotten, clean up for any event. Despite our organizations being run primarily by volunteers, our time is still worth something. So when we look at options that take minimal resources, donations are one of the easiest. Someone wants to give you money because your organization does great work, perfect. But there's one other factor to consider when we look at revenue sources, and that's additional value. Using the example of events, they provide you with exposure, And they also provide value adds to your members. This episode will be diving into one specific revenue source that almost every organization relies on, membership. We're going to look at the benefits beyond financial and explore the changing landscape of membership associations and how different generations perceive purchasing your organization's membership. I'm your host, Brent Hillier, and this is episode 32 of Frontlines. Before we dive into the first episode of 2018, I want to remind everyone of the Frontlines Book Club. Right now, any products purchased from Amazon through the book club page on frontlinesmtb.com will help to support the show via Amazon's affiliate program. The latest book is by Terry O'Reilly, host and creator of the Under the Influence podcast. His book is called This I Know, Marketing Lessons from Under the Influence. It's a great read on marketing and provides helpful advice for those of us that can't afford a Madison Avenue ad agency. So check out the book club, grab a good book, and support the Frontlines podcast while you're at it. Now on with the show. My guest is Tom Stussy. He's the executive director of the Vermont Mountain Bike Association. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brent. So the Vermont Mountain Bike Association is, a, is an umbrella association for the state of Vermont. And, and so how many chapters uh, are underneath of, of uh, the Vermont Mountain Bike Association? Right now we have 29 chapters, which is up from 14 in uh, just 2013. Wow. wow, that's incredible. And when did the organization form? Well, like many other mountain bike organizations across the country, that one's up for debate. Uh, the organization officially brought chapters together for official conversations in 97. It received its 501c3 federal status in 2007. And then we've been running our current membership model since 2014. And and I'm sure this is uh, probably a question we could spend a lot of time on, but what does the, the VMBA provide for its chapters? VIMBA works in tandem with chapters uh, by virtue of administrative uh, suite of benefits. And so, for example, we do 
all the membership enrollment, all the IT that's attached to that, all the mailers to all the members, all those membership materials, that all comes out of the Vimba office. Uh, in addition to that, we offer insurance um, to the chapters, the chapter trail grant, trail building clinic, and of course, effective advocacy in the state capitals, our legislators. And now from a rider's perspective, mm-hmm. are they going to purchase a membership from their local chapter through you? And, and does that also provide them with a, a Vimba membership as well? Yeah. So one of the things that we stress the most is that a rider isn't necessarily joining Vimba. They're joining their local chapter. And in so doing, they do go to Vimba.org. And at the membership uh, screen, they have an option to choose their base chapter. So they're always affiliating with their with their home chapter first. But at that time, they also have the opportunity to add on other chapters whose trails they also enjoy. So the base membership price is $49. And at the time of mem- uh, purchase, 50% goes to the chapter and 50% goes to Vimba. But what Vimba does with its, its 50% is it pays for the insurance, the IT that runs the membership for those membership materials and that sort of thing. The added chapter that the rider chooses beyond their base chapter, that chapter receives 100% of that added uh, membership fee. Then Vimba facilitates that for the chapters at no charge. Oh, very cool. That's so, let's say you ride in kind of two different regions, you can actually purchase two chapter memberships, but, uh, but essentially one, how, you know, you're not, you're not doubling up that, that Vimba charge essentially. Yep. Vimba only collects its portion one time. And this year, uh, 93% of all the riders membership dollars went back to chapters and services and grants. And that includes no salary time for staff. That's raw projects back to chapters and, and direct services and grants. Wow. Let's using using that forty nine dollar uh, membership as a as an example. Um, it would cost a member to forty nine bucks, and uh, if that mm-hmm. rider were to just simply take that money and donate that exact amount, that exact forty nine dollars via PayPal mm-hmm. to the club, yep. does that not provide? the exact same benefit to a trail organization? Like what's the difference between a $49 membership and a $49 donation? I'm really glad you asked that. Uh, Essentially what happens is if it's a PayPal transfer directly from the rider to the chapter, and that was the model that particular chapter decided to go with, it would essentially sever the relationship between chapter and Vimba. And so for example, they would have to pay for their own insurance. They'd be running all their membership IT admin. They'd have to pay for all the postage to their membership mailers, um, all the letters, all the correspondence. And they would be a little bit isolated from the effective advocacy that we've been able to, to garner here in the state. So in terms of $49 being $49, the donated dollar will never be worth more than $0.99. Cents. But, a, but a membership dollar comes back many times over by virtue of it being a collective of chapters all working together. And, and so then even outside of, of, uh, of a, an umbrella system, you know, even an organization that is a standalone, you know, in a different state, what additional value does membership provide them versus uh, a simple donation? Um, you know, there's, sure. there's certainly added advantages for, for a, a club within Vermont to become a chapter of Vimba, but, yeah, but, definitely. you know, kind of thinking of a, of a state that doesn't have this type of a, a program in place, right? what's the advantage to membership versus donation there? 
Well, membership also provides a platform for both Vimba and the chapters to develop a strong relationship with the Vermont business community through benefits of people that do join the association. So when an individual becomes a member, he or she gets a suite of 85 plus benefits as part of that transaction. These include um, free day downhill passes for uh, all the downhilling in the summer, um, two for one ski pass, midweek ski passes to the resorts in the winter. Uh, to all kinds of bike and accessories discounts, lodging discounts, food discounts, that sort of thing. And that relationship now, Vimba's has been working on with 35 plus vendors throughout the state that are very outdoor minded businesses. Is it important to have those add-ons with membership? I know some some organizations, it's you, you buy your membership and maybe you get a sticker in the mail kind of thing, but is it important to kind of add that value to uh, a membership? I believe to a great extent, and it's more than just getting a great deal on the next derailleur. It's it's also it gives the all the dot coms and the commercial entities in Vermont a great opportunity to converse with Vimba and things that they want. Because when Vimba approaches our commercial enterprise, our, our commercial partners, it's not so much about hey, can I get? I more frame that that conversation. Hey, what can we do for you? Mm. And so when they hear that question, and then able to go, wait a minute, you know, the trail infrastructure really is very meaningful to my success. What do I think the organization could change to be stronger? And then as, as a result of that, what the association does becomes a very much a team effort. And the, the bike shops are very much into being a part of that team. So it's less about transaction and more about relationship. And now, so you've got, uh, you've got that add on, which, which I, I really like, I think that's a, a, an interesting model because under, under, let's say a, an, an IMBA model, that ability to kind of add on additional chapter memberships isn't really there. So, it, and, and the value is not necessarily there for the writer. So that's a really, uh, I think interesting model. And I think a, a, a really, uh, a smart idea. Is there other add-ons that, that people can, can purchase? Like, you know, can you get socks or, or other things when you kind of purchase that membership? Yeah, we, we have a relationship with, with commercial partners that do offer a uh, branded swag. We try to leave that space for the chapters to use. Vermont's a very small state. <laughs> so there are many toes in the room of which to be aware. And uh, so we want to leave that space open, but the, the add-on model specific, specifically relative to the other organizations, for us, it's been unbelievably meaningful for chapters that happen to be in rural locations. So a community in Vermont that has 500 people living in it might actually have a Vimba chapter. And they may have a fantastic history of some really strong trails. And so people that live in Burlington have found those trails and and they're saying to themselves, gosh, I want to support that chapter too because I ride those trails a lot. So no community in Vermont that has a chapter is limited to its population. Everybody now is eligible. So last year, we ended the year at 278 total add-ons across the entire state. And this year, we were just short of 1,000. Wow. So, so, yeah, so the model itself has gained a lot of traction. And riders recognize that, gosh, you know, for 24 bucks, I can add a whole network of riding, whole chapters, networks of riding for a very little expense for a huge return. So that has led to just short of 30 extra thousand in revenue to the chapters in Vermont just by virtue of hosting that add-on layer for the membership platform in addition to our trail grant. So, and just to, to kind of make sure uh, those numbers are, are, are clear to me, there's a thousand uh, members uh, in Vermont that have more than one chapter membership. Not exactly. Cause you can add as many different chapters as you want gotcha. during your membership platform okay. purchase. So you can do, 
any combination of family and or individual mm. amongst any of the 29 chapters in one transaction. Gotcha. So there's, uh, there's an engagement when it comes to, to membership. Uh, there's, there's a financial value to membership, but what type of value does, does membership offer when it comes to grants? So anytime anybody rider joins a club, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it, that revenue is divided. Uh, and the portion that goes to Vimba, a large chunk of that goes towards the chapter trail grant. So at the end of the year, the number of members um, is directly correlated with the amount, the trail grant. So just this last year, we actually achieved 50,000 for the first time ever. So the trail grant this year was 50,000. Every chapter, regardless of their number of members or their growth trajectory currently has equal access to that grant. There's a grant deadline, all the chapters apply. People are applying for everything from very small tool grants to, to boardwalks, uh, to professional design work and a variety of other things. And our average trail grant is somewhere between five and 6,000 a year for chapters. And, and riders understand that being a member is, is a, has a lot to do with how that chapter trail grant goes. And then they see that actually work in the field the following year by virtue of that new work being done on their network. So it's pretty special. I know a lot of clubs have struggled to, to grow their membership numbers. And, and mm -hmm. especially when you look at the population that's within their community, uh, maybe the renewal rates, not that high. I know Imba's even cited that people on average, members on average will, will renew every other year. You know, what can a trail association do to change that? What types of steps? It sounds like, in Vermont, membership is uh, is is being purchased. It sounds like it's valued by by the community. Um, what can other organizations do to to try to change their their uh, stagnant membership numbers? At first blush, I would say go where you know the riders go, and humanize what you do to the riders. It's less about being an, an agency or or a trail organization is is it is about being a person to them. Um, one of the strategies that we use is uh, I very strongly encourage our chapters to take pictures of their board of directors and post it on their trail kiosk because we want people want people to to see people before they go ride. And in Vermont, we use a strip concept um, in that every bike has a has a little strip on it, and we change the color every year. And every chapter uses the same color every year, and so it's a very bright, obvious color. And so now no longer in Vermont is your membership status unknown to other people on the trail. Everybody knows who's a member and who isn't. And, and as every chapter has act the same access to the trail grant, regardless of who you add, it doesn't matter which network you're necessarily riding. It's just that you are a member because that is ultimately supportive of all the chapters. So humanize the trails at the kiosk at the trailhead. And I recognize that a kiosk at every trailhead isn't always possible given landowner relationships always, but where you can use kiosks to reach the riders, I would suggest doing that. The other thing that we've had great deal of success in doing is trailhead sits. So we say, Hey chapter, can you on the first three or four sunny rideable days in the spring, each take a one hour shift and you're not necessarily out there pushing membership. You're just saying hello. And the people that don't have a strip on their bike, you can spot them from 100 yards away. So you know who you want to go introduce yourself to and say, hey, you know, it was the work of this local chapter that's been working on this chapter. These trails are really happy you're here. Have a great day. If you have any questions about the chapter, feel free to stop by our table and get some more information. So it's less about necessarily publicly shaming folks as it is about letting them know that this does take a lot of effort. And in many places, it's a volunteer effort. And I don't think any of 
I don't get the sense in Vermont that people are trying to dodge becoming a member. I think it's more an awareness and an education piece. And I think a, a friendly smile and a handshake and a, we're glad you're here really goes a long ways. And the other thing that we do is we're growing a shops program, a retailer alliance next year. And we have 22 shops now that have agreed to the, the first 25 people that come in and buy a mountain bike at a certain price point, the shop will cover their membership. Every shop or 22 shops are working on this program. And as part of that, the staff have, have been given materials to use as talking points to the people that are coming to mountain bike for the first time or getting that repair as a reminder to become a member. Uh, we're posting all of our benefits in shops and we're just encouraging that that relationship happens at the shop level too, because we know that the riders go to shops and trailheads. So we've focused a lot of our attention on those two locations. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that achieves a couple of things there. You, you're, you're getting to those customers that are coming into the shop for sure, but there's an education process with the employees of the shop. So you're kind of getting that, uh, that product knowledge, if you will, that PK information out to the yeah. shop level and, and creating ambassadors essentially at those shops. It's a little bit of a goofy system, actually, to be honest. We actually give them a, this fun little test to take. We call it a test as a joke. <laughs> and any shop, any shop tech that fills it out gets a free membership. Perfect. And it's this one shot that we get at saying, hey, these are the five things that we think that your customers might like to know about. And we structure funny questions around those things. And if they fill out the survey, they get a free membership. So it's that one opportunity for us to have that touch point with the shop techs. And then when it, if it happens to come up during a sale or during a customer interaction, then it's, then it benefits everybody. I want to come back to this with, uh, with giving away free memberships or, or, or bike shops kind of including membership with bikes. But I just want to circle back on, on one thing that you said and, mm -hmm. and, and just kind of get a couple more inf bits of information from it. You, you mentioned this, this strip and, and so what is that? How does it look like, like just to kind of explain to us, like when somebody has a, a membership, what are they, what's this strip and, and how does that look uh, on a bike? It is a, um, I'm going to come clean on this. So the strip concept in Vermont was born out of Movember. When guys grow beards in Movember as a, as a show of uh, cancer research solidarity. Uh, and the idea <laughs> is for someone to come up and ask them, oh, I see you're growing a beard, which inspires the conversation of why are you growing a beard? And the idea then is that they will talk about their support of this very fruitful or meaningful endeavor, encouraging the recipient to also do the same. And so I thought to myself, that's interesting. Like they made it publicly visible. Like somebody wasn't able to get around that someone that they know that doesn't have a beard all of a sudden does. And so I asked myself, how do I put a beard on a bike? And I, I searched and searched for ideas and everybody had a bunch of ideas and kind of stewed on this for months. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that it needed to be transferable because everybody has more than one bike typically. And it needs to be really obvious so people can see it. And it needs to be durable because it's on a mountain bike. And so I looked around, looked around. And the only thing that I could find to make it work was computer cable ties. <laughs> so if you're in Vermont, you see this obnoxiously colored little one inch or three quarter inch strip on a bike. It's a computer cable tie with our logo printed on it. And we found a partner in Missouri to print these things for us. And they've been a wild hit. People love these strips So you see them all over Vermont now. Wow. And so that's sort of the public identifier of, of membership. And then where do riders attach them to? Are they? It's pretty creative um, from their hub to their seat post, oh, okay. uh, to their bars to and anywhere. Where it's a little, a little plastic Velcro piece and people put them all over. 
and people, many people actually keep all of them on their bike. So they have these, this rainbow of bright colors on their bike, but it does change color each year. Very cool. That's a, that's a fantastic yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People love it. Uh, so, okay, let's go back to, uh, that shop level and, 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 and kind of the including membership. So I know that, uh, that this is a, a discussion that, uh, the San Diego mountain bike association has, has really kind of been interested in and, and with speaking with the, with, with the folks there a little bit, they've talked about like, what if you come into a shop, you buy a bike and, and then included in that bike is like half of a year's membership and, and the value there is not necessarily the the membership numbers or the money but but now the organization kind of has contact information and this person is now engaged they're now aware that this organization exists and it it yep. just kind of gets the the conversation moving so there's that that kind of value that's there now from a, a shop level with these memberships that are included with the bikes is this something that uh, Vimba is giving away, or is this something that the shop is is covering? How does that work? Right now, the the first twenty five that come in and buy a bike at a, a certain price point, the shop is covering those. And so, in exchange for doing that, because we didn't want the shop's support of mountain biking in Vermont to be transactional, we wanted it to be relational, and we knew that we wanted to strengthen the relationship between the rider to the local chapter and that chapter to the shop, because. I mean, let's face it, the internet has meant some very good things and in, in some ways some very bad things for local shops throughout the country. Um, and so we want to be sure that we're encouraging local chapter members to shop at their local bike store. And so the idea was then if we could no longer ask for, for a sponsorship check from the shops and instead leave that space open for the chapters uh, to, to, to negotiate, we wanted to instead to ensure that the shop personnel knew a little bit about Vimba. We're excited to talk a little bit about Vimba because Vimba incentivized them doing so through Vimba free memberships and then bring that person into the conversation because that person not only then is learning that this organization exists and that our trails are the product of a lot of volunteer effort in Vermont, but that person's expertise, regardless of what it is, might someday be useful for the chapter's board. So we're always thinking about long-term future, more voices in the conversation ultimately is a good thing in multiple ways, just beyond membership itself. And then with those, those uh, bike shop employees, is that that membership, once they kind of take that, that test for lack of a, a better term, is, is that yeah. free membership that's covered by Vimba? That's covered by Vimba. Yeah. Gotcha. Is, is there value in, in a trail organization offering free memberships to everyone. And I know it certainly isn't a model that's going to work everywhere, but I have seen some uh, hiking organizations and, and other mm -hmm. nonprofits out there essentially offer membership, but it, it, it being free. Uh, is there value to that? Like it, it, why, why would an organization do that? Why would somebody do that? Um, I think there are a variety of factors in doing that. I think ultimately it comes down to how aggressively and successful does the board of directors fundraise mm. would be one factor. Uh, and not every board approaches that the same. There's nothing right or wrong. It's, it's just different flavors for different folks. And, and or I think how are the, how is the trail infrastructure and the trail networks themselves supported by tax dollars via the state? And so if those two things are able to take care of maintenance slash expansion and, and the other fundraising takes care of salary and operations, um, free membership is, I guess, possible. The other part of, of free memberships 
it, there's a decision to be made there. And initially it, it's, it sounds great to the individual rider, but every individual rider has strong preferences about the trail types that they want their local chapter or group to be building. And so when you no longer have a direct connection to funding mechanisms, you in, in many cases lose access to those decisions. And so as much as membership is about driving these projects, it's about having a say in what the projects are. And so I, there's a very important decision to be made there for directors and boards about how they, if they can offer free membership, what does that mean exactly to what the people want? Because mm. they'll want free membership, but they also want to have a say in how the chapter, or how the trails are built. And so it's either one or the other and or a balance of the two. Are we seeing kind of a change generationally with with people like our our uh, there's a lot of discussion in different organizations like um industry associations where we're starting to see membership numbers go down and part of the reason why why that's to blame is is that younger generations aren't as likely to purchase membership and and baby boomers for example kind of were built on this you buy your membership you support these causes and and it's just the right thing to do and, and potentially that generation X, generation Y are not of that same mindset is, are we seeing that out there? Like, is that, does that kind of explain why we don't see a lot of people purchasing memberships? In Vermont, that's a very complex answer. I think in many cases, yes. What you just described absolutely sums it up. It's a generational disposition towards supporting the things you believe in and are passionate about. And then there's a line of demarcation there where it's just not as important. And there's a long discussion to be had about why, why that is. But in Vermont, I think what we're facing now is the most of the trail networks are, well, 90 plus percent of the trails in Vermont are built and maintained, designed, built and maintained by, by volunteers. And as I mentioned earlier, the membership model launched in 2014. So this is only our fourth year of running this in Vermont, and it's been very, very successful the people that are populating our, our membership are the people that have been around for a long time and people that are brand new and really excited about the sport. The, the, the link that we're working very hard to ensure isn't broken is the willingness of the volunteers to be putting forth time and by membership to maintain and build more trails into the future. Because currently right now, that's, that support is not coming from the state of Vermont from a financial perspective. There's also questions of access and there's questions of, of policy and, and regulatory pieces that, that also need to be modernized. My concern is that until that support is very prevalent and easily defined, I think that you're going to find the younger generation as they come up, they're, they're going to be more willing to pay for membership, but they're going to be less willing to volunteer to build and maintain the trails. And until the funding mechanisms and support are appropriate, that's bad news for everybody in the long term. How can people get in touch with with the Vermont Mountain Bike Association and have a look at uh, what it looks like to purchase a membership there or uh, or, or a list of, of chapters? What's the best way to find information? Yeah, we're available at vmba.org online anytime. And if, if anybody's interested in learning more about how the platform works, right under the About menu link, there are chapter documents. Everything I just described is is published and is out there and it's free access. And if anybody has any questions, I would love to get a phone call. Uh, feel free to give a call anytime. Awesome. I'll include some links in the, in the show notes for that stuff. 
Well, thanks so much for for taking the time to chat with me. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, anytime. In addition to having some incredible riding, Vermont has always stood out to me as a state that does it right. And the Vermont Mountain Bike Association, like Evergreen in Washington State, is another great example of the value of a statewide trail association. As we enter into 2018, I know most, if not all organizations are thinking about ways to grow membership. And I wanna know what your organization does that really drives your membership. Now, New Year's is always a great time to set goals, but New Year's or not, I want to challenge every board member and every group listening to grow their membership this year. How many members did you have last year? Let's take that number and add to it. Set a target. And I encourage you to set a number that you know will pose a challenge. Achieving goals shouldn't be easy, so give your organization a challenge. The worst case, you come short of the goal but I guarantee you, you'll be able to surpass your membership total from last year. The previous book club recommendation was The End of Membership as We Know It by Sarah L. Slotik. If you haven't already read it, I highly recommend it. It has a number of great ideas and takeaways on the topic of membership. And one of them I'm most excited about is being implemented by the Central Oregon Trail Alliance in Bend. To tell us more, I'd like to welcome board member Bruce Schroeder to the show. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Brent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I appreciate you joining me. So uh, I want to dive right into it. Very recently, so about six or seven months ago, your organization introduced uh, another option to membership. And so you offer a monthly membership. And so how does that work? What's the pricing for it? And and, uh, and what's the timeline that, that people kind of purchase that? Basically, the way it works is uh, you can... It's kind of a monthly membership, but it's a monthly payments towards an annual membership. So uh, we start at $5. You can go any amount up to the, uh, as far as you want. And by doing that, we, we deduct, say, $5 a month for as long as you allow us to do that. And we award you a membership and a membership sticker as if it were an annual. And so how much is an annual membership? Because you still offer the, the annual membership, correct? Yes, we do. Uh, a basic annual membership is $30. Uh, but we also have uh, levels for 75 for family, 100, uh, 250, 500, depending upon the level of uh, membership that you want to donate for. And so what was, uh, what was kind of the inspiration for this? Like why, why was this uh, made an option? Well, it was basically, we thought if there are people who are kind of like on limited budgets, working pretty hard, uh, you know, we, we kind of feel like if people can donate either time or money to us, that's a win for us. Uh, sometimes people have difficulty with one or both of those. So we thought maybe with a little less upfront money or less out of pocket uh, during the month, it might help uh, justify a good membership for us. And we want to have as many people on the rolls as we can uh, to maintain good contacts, let people know what's going on, keep an interest in the, uh, in the organization. How can somebody take a look at this membership page uh, on your website? Where would they find it? As you log on to the CODA MTB site, it's under support us. And a drop down shows become a member and you click on that and the columns come up yearly or monthly. Well, Bruce, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me and, uh, and hope to, to hear back from you uh, again later in the future about how this is uh, working out for the club. Okay, that'd be great. Perfect. 
This initiative by the Central Oregon Trail Alliance is still very new, and I plan to keep an eye on it and I'll be sure to keep everyone informed. If you have anything to add to the conversation, then I encourage you to reach out. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, then I want to hear about it. You can send me an email or audio file to frontlinesmtb at gmail.com. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and SoundCloud at FrontlinesMTB. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever you use to listen to the show, then please do so. It helps others find the show. Don't forget you can support the show via PayPal. Thank you to everyone who has donated. You can also support the show by going to the book club page on frontlinesmtb.com and purchasing the latest recommendations on Amazon. As mentioned before, Amazon supports the show via their affiliate program. You can find the appropriate links in the show notes, as well as links to the Vermont Mountain Bike Association and the Central Oregon Trail Alliance. Hopefully you noticed the new look of the podcast when you downloaded this episode. The new logo is courtesy of a previous contributor and friend of the podcast, Brandon Gallagher-Watson. Once again, Brandon, I'm stoked on the new logo, so thank you for all the work that you put into it. Music is once again provided by Lee Rosevere, production notes by Jennifer Pride. Episode 33 will be available on January 19th. For more details on that, please stay tuned to the Facebook page. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening, and happy trails.